Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. Today it's me, Jeff, and I'm here with Aaron, Leah, and Greg, and we're going to be talking about mountain bike racing. So I wanted to start off by asking you guys why you think people, or even you personally, enjoy mountain bike racing so much. Why is racing such a big part of our sport? So the reason I race, I'm, I'm competitive. I, I don't like people to be in front of me anywhere. And that's on the trails, on the road, driving my car. I like to pass people. So that can be kind of a problem because I'm a solid mid-pack racer, but I still like to get out there and, and mix it up. It's also a really good way to challenge myself. It's not to say you have to race to challenge yourself. You could do a really long, difficult ride, but it's not quite the same thing. It's kind of hard to describe, but if you've ever lined up, you've pinned a number on, you had the pre-race jitters at the line, and then you've pushed yourself beyond what you thought you could do, it's a pretty cool feeling. So that's why I do it. Like Aaron, I um, am also competitive. I probably started racing more on the running racing. I did a lot of marathoning and 5Ks and 10Ks and all kinds of distances. So when I started mountain biking, I thought that, yeah, of course I'm going to race that too. And so that's kind of how I got started. But I, not like Aaron, um, he actually trains for races. So I think that's <laughs> why I don't do it anymore. I was, I was never really prepared for any of the, the races on the mountain bikes that I did. So I'll jump in. I agree with Aaron that I think most people race to challenge themselves, and that's why I've done it in the past. But I'm probably going to be like the negative Nancy on this podcast today because I'm no longer a fan of racing, and I don't race anymore. I just have zero desire to do it. My last race was maybe a year and a half ago, and I have no desire to enter one anytime in the foreseeable future. Um, But that's because I found that Personally, I can challenge myself and do crazy hard things without doing a race. You know, maybe I don't do those crazy hard things as fast as if I was in a race, but I personally no longer participate. Right on. Well, I think it's interesting that racing is sort of part of the mountain bike history and part of our heritage. The first mountain bikers were racing down. Mount Tam in California, you know, the repack race series was kind of, for them, it made it formal, you know, before it was just some guys like messing around on bikes, riding off road. But once they started racing, they could see that it was going to be a sport and that it was something that other people could do. I think it's interesting too, that cyclocross is similar in that you're like riding off road, but cyclocross is by itself, it's just a sport. Like people don't just go out and get their buddies and go for a cycle cross ride. I mean, I guess you could, but I would call that mountain biking. So it's interesting (laughs) that mountain biking has sort of this duality where there is racing, but you can also do it for fun like Greg wants to do. Racing is definitely a part of our sports heritage, and it's actually one of the big drivers that keeps mountain bike technology moving forward. If you look at the guys that were doing repack back in the day, they called it repack because at the bottom of the hill – you had to repack your hub and your coaster brake because you had burned all the grease out of it on the way down. So people started putting motorcycle brakes on the front of these these clunkers back in the day. So that's been a big driver for technological and improvements and you know components getting better and lighter and more durable and more capable. If racing wasn't as big a part of mountain biking as it is, I don't think you you know the imperative to constantly improve wouldn't necessarily be there. 
Yeah, that's true. All of us are benefiting, whether we race or not, benefiting from the tech that's been sort of tested and proven out on the race course. So how did each of you guys get talked into your first mountain bike race? Nobody had to talk me into my first race. I was actually the one recruiting my friends to go race with me. Like I said, that's my competitive streak. But uh, I'd already been doing plenty of urban races. You know, living in Atlanta, there's plenty of alley cats and those kind of things going on. But mountain biking, you know, has always been my preferred type of cycling to do. So, you know, once I got more into that and, you know, was enjoying racing in an urban setting, I, I was like, yeah, maybe we should take this to the trail. So one of the first legit mountain bike races that I ever did was the Fool's Gold 50 in Dahlonega, Georgia in 2007, which was actually the first time they hosted that event. And it ended up being one of the hardest things I'd ever done, you know, but I loved it. And it really, that race really kind of spurred me on to do a whole lot more racing. The next year I signed up for a full season of cross country races and other endurance events. And then I did fool's gold again in 2008 and, you know, I ended up cutting an hour and a half off my time. So it was, uh, it was, it was cool to see that progress. I was talked into my first event by a couple of friends, actually uh, Jeff and a guy that used to write for single tracks, Dustin Gaddis, who now owns Southern Wheelworks. But uh, it was a team um, style, lap style race, 13 hour race down in South Carolina. Yeah, for me, it was fun to be able to do that, you know, with friends and get to hang out uh, in between laps and stuff. So we had a great time there. And for me, I had some friends that I mountain biked with, the people that got me into mountain biking and back in the early 2000s or late 90s there there just wasn't a lot of women showing up to some of the local races and this was out in North Carolina so um, I think my first race was at Hog Run I think it's called Harris Lake Trails and it was you know your typical rocky rudy kind of cross country course and just a lot of obstacles so I entered a beginner's race there you know, I think there were probably only not more than five women, so I so I fared pretty good. I, I didn't take first place, but I, I think I, I... Top five? Yes, I was top five. <laughs> very proud, very proud. You guys have mentioned sort of your first races. What are some of the races you've enjoyed the most over the years? Honestly, it's been all downhill for me since that first race. <laughs> uh, that was... <laughs> Uh, but really that was probably one of the most fun ones I've done because, you know, we did racing, but there was a lot of hanging out, a lot of beer drinking and burger eating, which didn't fare well for my last laps, but, um, <laughs> but that was a, a really fun time. But above and beyond that, maybe the Crested Butte Ultra Enduro, that was just a pretty stellar event. Nothing like a mid-race burger to help you finish strong. <laughs> Yeah, there was one lap in there somewhere where I was really feeling, I was like, oh, this is not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as I mentioned, my first big mountain bike race was Fool's Gold, and I've always enjoyed that that race. It's one that's up in North Georgia in, in the fall every year, I guess late summer because it's usually super hot. In 2009, I probably had one of my best races ever there. It was one of those days where everything came together. And I was just flying. You know, I felt great. The bike worked great. The weather was perfect. And I finished the 50-mile course in four hours and 25 minutes. 
and that got me uh, 7th out of 131 people in my categories. And it's only one of, I think, two or three times that I won money at a race. So that was that was pretty cool Whoa. to walk away with some, some cash. Nice. But some other probably more recent memorable ones are the uh, the BC bike race. I did that a couple of years ago with my, my good buddy Christopher. And that was just as an experience, it was incredible. I mean, we weren't very competitive in the overall category. I think, you know, again, mid-pack, but just just to see what BC has to offer and all the varied trails, because you really get to, you know, over seven days, they haul you all around BC. So you, you really get to sample a little bit of all the different styles of trails that they have there. Transylvania Epic, which I did last year for the first time, is in uh, central Pennsylvania, kind of near State College. And that race just blew me away in terms of the quality of trails there i was just i was so impressed the really rocky technical just fun just the the kind of stuff i like to ride so it was a week of racing my ideal trails basically and the and the vibe there is really cool they hosted at a, a boy scout camp and you're there all week so it's a really just chill relaxed week when you're not racing everybody's hanging out or splashing around the lake or whatever it's just a really cool scene the pisgah mountain bike adventure race is uh, one i've done a couple times and that's that's more memorable just because of some of the conditions that that we had to put up with i mean one year my buddy nico and i did it and it rained the entire day and we ended up being out in pisgah for i think 12 and a half or 13 hours and Mm rode almost 60 miles in the rain and the mud and it was i mean it was it was one of the hardest days i've ever had on a bike and another north carolina race one that i did again last year for the first time was the off-road assault on mount mitchell and people in the southeast are probably very familiar with that race it's a huge race i think they have 500 entries slots every year and they sell out in a week maybe if even less but that's that's a really hard course it's 62 miles uh close to 11,000 feet of climbing so it's, it's one of the hardest courses that i've done there is a lot of road in it but the single track that you get to ride is fantastic so i, I really recommend that one and then snake creek gap time trial which is up in dalton georgia that is a long running series i think this is their 12th year 12th or 13th year running the snake creek gap and they made some changes this year, which I, I wrote an article about. You can check that out on Single Tracks. They have a 17-mile, a 34-mile, and, and now this year they just started offering a 50-mile course. Pinhody Trail, which you race on, is fantastic. It's super tough. There's brutal climbs. There's amazing ridge riding with, you know, five-mile-long rock garden at the end. So it's, it's, it's an awesome trail, one you should definitely check out. Those are some of my favorites. I'd say you earned yourself quite a lot of burgers there, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> some impressive races. Well, I was going to kind of say what Greg had mentioned earlier about kind of the team racing. That was one of my favorite things about racing is when I did a 24 hours of adrenaline event on a team of all women. But we did the 24 hours of adrenaline race in Laguna Seca. I don't think they do it anymore. I think 24 Hours of Adrenaline series is is still going strong. They're on their 20th year, but um, they race out in Canmore in Canada now. But the event, uh, I believe, is still 
you know, the same kind of fun event where you kind of start late in the day and you have a team of four or five people and you kind of split up the laps and, you know, every lap is, is different. You know, the first one is you might have that exciting Le Mans start and it might be really crowded on the course and, you know, the next thing you know, you're, you're racing out at night and, and in the middle of the night and, and you're tired. And, and so every lap was, was kind of different, but I definitely enjoyed the camaraderie and just the more fun atmosphere of, of that kind of race. You know, it's definitely took a lot of the pressure off of trying to, you know, be super fast or crush it on, on every lap. But I think being on a team of people or with people will make, makes a huge difference in, in the racing. Yeah. Some of my favorite races have been sort of these informal, like time trial type events. You know, I've done a couple of them. Like at night, there was one that Dustin and some of the guys in Augusta used to put on at the canal there. I don't remember what the entry was for that one. Uh, may have been a, a six pack of beer or something. I think I enjoy those time trial type races because, you know, you really, you feel like you're racing against yourself. I mean, at the end of the the end of the race, you know, you're going to compare your times to everyone else, but you know, you're kind of riding on your own and just seeing what you can do. And that type of format seems to be more fun to me. I know there was another time I did a nighttime time trial that Aaron was organizing out at some secret trails. And I was randomly out there with another group of guys that night. And we were like, what's going on? Like, who, who are these other people out here? And we went up and they were like, hey, we're doing a night time trial. So I was like, that sounds like fun. So we just like jumped in and that was like really, really a lot of fun, memorable race. So we've all mentioned sort of different types of races that we've enjoyed. And, and there are a lot of different formats out there. So I thought it'd be good to talk about some of these different formats and what they all mean, especially for people who are just getting started in racing. So the first one to me that to me is the most familiar is the cross country style race. This is this this is a style of race that's been around for a long time. These races are held in, at a lot of local trail systems. You don't really need any specific type of terrain to accomplish this kind of race. So, can one of you guys talk about what a cross country race is? Yeah, cross country races like a true cross country race are they're typically a shorter loop. I think the UCI for the World Cup level races, I want to say they, the course can be no longer than five or six kilometers around. So they're shorter laps, and it's a, a very intense form of racing, as in you're going hard from the gun the entire time you're racing. And then they do it by laps. So, you know, if it's a five or six lap race. And that kind of depends on your category for local cross country races. They'll typically have, you know, a beginner category and intermediate category, and then an expert slash pro category. And as you go up in categories, you're obviously going to race more laps. So they're usually mass start events. So that means everyone's on their bike and lined up, ready to go at the line. And then the gun goes off and there's, you know, usually some sort of neutral or wide open area. So, so there's a bit of jockeying position. So they're not just dumping you straight onto the, to the single track right away. So that's, that's basically cross country in a nutshell. Okay. So a related format is endurance. It's kind of an extension of cross country. So what, what's endurance racing about? I think now they get categorized by hour. So maybe the 
The trails are varying lengths, but however many laps you can do in, say, six hours or even 10 or 12 hours, that's up there. That's a long time on the bike. <laughs> yeah, and some of the endurance races, a lot of, of them, especially six hours and longer, offer team formats. So you could do it solo or there's like two to four person teams. Some of the 24 hour races, they probably allow even more, like up to six riders per team. Yes. In endurance racing, while it can be a lap format, it could also just be one big loop. But the, for instance, the fool's gold race that I was referring to early in Dahlonega, you do a 50 mile loop, but it's all just one loop that you, you don't repeat any trail. So Endurance can kind of be a really broad category in that way, and it can either be based on, like Leah said, on hours that you're riding, or it can be based on the length of one one course, so 50 miles or 100 miles, something like that. Right. And another format that people talk about that's really related, and, and there's kind of a lot of overlap, is ultra-endurance. And so that's just even more endurance. So like, <laughs> I think most people would agree like a hundred miles is ultra endurance. There's a national ultra endurance series of races um, that are all very long. So that's endurance. What about stage racing? Well, stage racing is, it can really vary, honestly, depending on where it is. I mean, some of the stages in the BC bike race, for instance, where you would not consider them cross-country trails you know these are very difficult trails and some days we were racing from point to point meaning you start somewhere and where you finish is somewhere farther away you don't come back to the same spot for the finish and other days were loops where we you know we did one big loop and and came back to where we started so stage racing depending on which race you're talking about it can the type of terrain can can really vary they're typically you know, most stage races are between five and seven days long, I would say. Right. And you're being timed for each day or each stage. And then your overall time is sort of added up. And whoever has the lowest overall time is determined the winner. So one that's similar in a race format that's becoming more and more popular is enduro, uh, which does have its own stages. So Greg, you've, you've done some enduro racing. Can you explain what that is exactly yeah jeff i've done a good bit of enduro racing and it it varies a little bit from race to race but at the core of it um an enduro race has a number of different stages and you can race several stages in the same day um, and the race could take either one day with multiple stages two or three days um, or even longer and you could have a longer enduro stage race like the crested butte ultra enduro which is five days long and essentially uh, the time portions of these races are simply the downhill portions. So you may still climb thousands and thousands of feet of climbing, especially in a backcountry style enduro, but your main timed portions are going to be your descents. So this puts the priority on downhill handling and fast, aggressive riding, but you still need to be able to get to the starting lines and have enough energy left to descend well, which takes a lot of energy in sort of that fast sprint mode. So you have all these descents, and essentially at the end of the race, the person who wins is the person who has the lowest overall combined time. So that's sort of how it relates to stage racing a little bit. But even within enduro, there's a 
bit of variance. So some enduro races are really resort style. And for those, you may do very little climbing to actually get to your stage. You might just take the chairlift up and rip down like five different runs in one day and call that a race. Um, but some of the more backcountry style races, you could have one massive long point to point that could be like 30 miles long. And along that point to point, only time parts again are the descents. You still might climb 10 miles to get to the top of one of those descents, but only time parts going down. And then some of the races combine both of those. So you have resort style stages and backcountry stages. Right. So that resort style enduro sounds a bit like downhill racing, which is another format. Yeah, it's, well, it's weird. <laughs> so that's the argument that a lot of people make is that uh, essentially this is just a, a lot of downhill races. So what separates it a little bit is uh, it could still happen over two days. A lot of the resort style enduros are two days. Some of them are one. And you still have a lot of different stages, whereas the downhill, you know, you like qualify and do different things. And then eventually it all comes down to like this one run time. Whereas with enduro, it all adds up over the course of the day. So if you crash out on one run, that's basically going to shoot your chances in the head. You know, you're going to be out the race. Right. Well, another race format that seems to be getting more and more popular is the point-to-point epic race. Somebody talk about what that is? Well, a lot of those are kind of fall in line with, I would say, bikepacking style races and some of some of the big ones that we have are the the tour divide where you ride the continental divide from canada to mexico so that's a pretty long ride i think we'd all agree and then you have others you know for instance in in florida you have the the hurricane which is a it's actually a loop but it's a 300 mile loop that you go at your own own pace it's a very informal race which a lot of these kind of big point to point epic style races are sometimes there's no entry fee you know there's no prizes it's just as just bragging rights essentially so one that we have in in georgia is the trans north georgia which runs from basically the south carolina border and you ride the pinhody trail all the way to the alabama border that's a big race i think that one is i want to say around 300 miles as well and there's some ungodly amount of climbing over that and People kind of underestimate that race and that trail, and it is—it's put a lot of people down. You know, I've definitely seen ride reports and race reports for people that came and tried their hand at the Trans North Georgia, and they got smacked down pretty hard. So, <laughs> um, yeah, those those races—you know—since you're riding such a huge distance, and you know, you might be riding on the road, they're not really sanctioned. There's no formal organization behind it, so you're just. Like I said, you're just racing for bragging rights. (laughs) Right. So there are a few other minor race formats that I have written down that I'll talk about real quickly. So short track is a type of race you might see in the mountain bike world. And that's basically like a a short dirt loop, typically ridden on cross-country bikes. And that's usually a lap kind of event, lap slash timed event. And then there's also four cross Uh, which is kind of a downhill course where you've got four riders riding at one time. Dual slalom, which is similar to that as well. You'll see all three of those formats actually like at Sea Otter because they're really spectator friendly because, you know, the racers are all in a really small area and you can just sit there and watch it. And then 
lately we've been seeing a, a number of like fat bike and, you know, extreme winter races coming up. And those to me, I mean, those really aren't special other than the type of year that they're happening and, you know, maybe some of the ground conditions, but most of them are just a variation on like a point to point or a short track or cross country, but obviously different conditions and different bikes. Finally, I wanted to talk about some misconceptions that maybe people have about mountain bike racing. And I know Greg posted an opinion piece about why people shouldn't go mountain bike racing. And that generated a lot of really interesting discussion And then we also posted a flip side opinion from another writer about why you should. So I wanted to just talk about maybe some myths or misunderstandings people might have about mountain bike racing. And I'll start it off by talking about the misconception that races are a rip off and that they cost too much money. Funny thing is there are very few, if any mountain bike race promoters who are getting rich off of this, you know, I mean, most, most of the folks who do it are just barely getting by. They do it because they love it. And there are a lot of costs involved in putting on a race. And so that's why it's expensive. It's not because someone's trying to take your money or whatever. There's a lot of value in racing. You know, it's a lot of it's social and it's up to the rider, I guess, to whether they think it's worth it or not, but races cost what they cost generally. Because that's what it costs. <laughs> like you said, there's there's a misconception that all you know these race promoters are just raking in the dough, and it's it's just not true. I've I've helped put on a bunch of races myself, and I'll tell you what, we are lucky to break even. I mean, at the end of you know at the end of the day when we tally up all the final accounting, we're probably all in the hole, at least a couple hundred bucks a piece, you know, and that doesn't even account for our time, the nights that you have planning and getting everything ready and preparing the trails and stuff like that. Like that's, that's just totally free volunteer labor. So if you don't want to race because you think that people are just getting rich off of it, that is not the case. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. I think another misconception that people have is that you know, it's not fun. It's going to be this very competitive atmosphere. And some people are, you know, I'm competitive, but I still don't take it too seriously. And I think that in general, mountain bikers know how to have more fun than other cycling disciplines. And they take it a lot less seriously. Even, you know, even the top guys do, you know, you'll see the, the top guys, you know, pulling wheelies and screwing around mid course just because mountain biking's fun and it's cool and it looks cool. And it, you know, (laughs) got to do something for the fans but you know i'd say in general i probably run into more d-bags on one local group road ride than all my mountain bike races (laughs) combined so you know people are really friendly they're they're willing to help i can't tell you how many times during a race i've you know if i've had a mechanical had a flat or something like that and people you know everybody asks if you need anything some people will just stop if they're not you know they're not in the running for a podium spot or anything they'll stop and hang out with you and just chat with you while you're fixing a flat and it's just it's a really cool community and it's not uh you know it's it's not something that's like isolated to one particular region of the u.s or anything like that i mean i've raced all over the u.s and canada now so and and i've found that to be pretty much universal that people are really friendly everyone's just out there to have a good time and i mean people are just there because they like riding their mountain bikes and, you know, some, some people like to race them too. 
And I would just add, um, you know, if anybody is, has not done any races before and, and you consider yourself, you know, a strong rider or a good rider, you've been riding mountain bikes for a while, that kind of jumping into racing and, and you want to be competitive at it, it isn't really the easiest thing. I think I've made that mistake a lot of times, just kind of riding my local trails and doing my same old weekly routine and then kind of showing up on a Sunday morning for a race and just crashing a bunch of times and just kind of flailing around and um, having mechanical issues. There's definitely a good deal of of preparation involved if you want to get those podium spots or, you know, kill it like Aaron does out there (laughs) on the trails. So, you know, get yourself a good training plan, ride on the trainer, ride on the road, change it up a little bit and, um, you know, definitely do a lot of mental training, pre-ride the course. I think that was always my kind of biggest mistake. It's not it's not all fun and games if you um, really are going after some of that cash money prize or or even some of the other glory that comes along with racing. Yeah, I'll piggyback on that. I was going to say that mountain bike racing isn't for everyone. It's not like just because you've been mountain biking for a long time and you ride a lot and you're faster than your friends, it doesn't mean you have to start mountain bike racing. There's not this set path that everybody has to take in terms of progression so if you're not the kind of person who enjoys racing you're not going to enjoy mountain bike racing and for me i don't do a lot of racing just because it takes some of the fun out of it i ran track in high school fairly competitively and i hated running when i was running track to me you know there's a lot of anxiety around race day and you know, you're always training and you're always got to be, you know, eating right and, and that kind of stuff. And that stress takes a lot of the fun out of mountain biking for me. So, you know, I would say if, if you're thinking about it, give it a try, but it's not something that you have to do. But if you want to enjoy an extra burger or beer at the end of the day, <laughs> nothing like completing a uh, six hour endurance race to reward yourself. Or you can reward yourself early like Greg did. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the tar roll, man. Um, <laughs> like Jeff said, I definitely can agree that racing can take some of the fun out of riding if you get into it too seriously. And that kind of happened to me. You know, as I mentioned earlier, I, I got really into racing for a few seasons and around, you know, 2007-ish was kind of the start of that. And I just, I got burned out on it. Like Jeff said, you have to you have to train, you have to eat right, you have to make sure your equipment's dialed in, you're traveling a lot. It does it can cost a fair amount of money, you know, just the race entry fees. But then you know you factor in gas and camping or hotels, and that that stuff kind of adds up. And then your weekends are gone, and so you know your opportunity cost is you're not able to do other things that you may want to do. So I. I kind of did too much racing and got burned out on it and I took a couple of years off and just did a bunch of fun rides which was awesome you know I was still riding just as much as I ever was but it was just for me it was just for fun but uh you know last year I did a handful of races that just really kind of stoked that competitive flame again I would say you know I really you know Jeff was talking about the anxious feeling and the nerves and I, I actually that kind of that kind of got me psyched up just listening to him say that because you know you're you're standing at the starting line and everyone's chit chatting and then it gets down to you know they say like one minute to go and everybody shuts up and it gets <laughs> real quiet and all of a sudden everyone's serious and you know you're 
You're like, how am I going to do? Am I going to, you know, I don't want to slip a pedal. I got to make this a good start. I got to sprint. So I, right now I like that feeling again. So I'm really excited to, to do a bunch more racing this year, which is, which is why I've signed up for, you know, signed up with a coach and why I'm you know, doing a training plan and doing a whole bunch of, a whole bunch more racing this year, but hopefully I'll spread it out enough that I won't burn myself out on it. Well, thanks guys. This has been a really fun discussion. And if you're interested in racing, finding a mountain bike race, be sure to check single tracks. We've got hundreds of mountain bike race listings for this spring and summer. And if there's a race that you know of that's not on our calendar, be sure to add it. We've got a link right there. You can add any race or event anywhere in the world and we'll help you promote it. So thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. Peace.